show devoted to educating and informing those who are making healthcare easier for others. Whether you're involved with informatics, analytics, or new technologies that make the lives of our practicing clinicians better, this show is for you. My name is Mark Weissman, a practicing physician and CMIO, and the host of CMIO Podcast. Thanks for joining the conversation. I'm here today with Marin Bonhoeffer, a nurse practitioner and associate CMIO, and I think it's really exciting to have her on the show. She's going to bring to us a different perspective, the perspective of an advanced practice clinician and what they encounter in terms of their informatics journey. So Marin, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Mark. I'm happy to be here. Great, great. I'm glad <laughs> you're here. Um, uh, just tell us a little bit about your background first. How did you get involved into informatics? Um, maybe a little bit about what you do clinically and and you know your journey here. Go ahead. Great. Thank you. Well, of course, as Mark said, I am a nurse practitioner, so I became a nurse first. I worked as a nurse for actually only one year because I knew I wanted to become a nurse practitioner. Um, after I went to school, I realized that I really enjoyed uh, the data collection and helping providers in figuring out how to see patients quickly and effectively, as well as uh, making sure that we're, we're getting all the data that we want to when we're seeing patients. Um, I worked in family practice for about eight years before I went out um, having my first child. When I came back, I really wanted to be working um, more closely with our electronic medical record. Fortunately, when we went live with our current electronic medical record, which is Epic, I was asked to be a super user and was also asked to be a trainer. So I was able to uh, train our providers, and that was my first taste of really getting involved with informatics. I think that really resonates with a lot of our listeners who they got into healthcare to help people and as they go on their journey sometimes find that wow um, I like helping providers I like helping clinicians I like right. making healthcare better for everyone for the mm -hmm. patient for the provider for for the medical assistant it sounds like you you do some of that tell us what was go live like what what did mm. what how did that go? Um, you guys went live? In 2016. Okay, so you've been live a few years. Mm -hmm. Tell us just a little bit about the Go Live experience and your role as that trainer super user. How did that go? So Epic recommends to use the Train the Trainer program. So they trained me and then I trained the other the other providers. It was it was exciting. It was it was fun. It was exciting learning a new electronic medical record. Um, a lot of providers were excited about it. Um, it was challenging. I won't. I won't lie about that. It was neat seeing how everybody came together to work together to try and make sure that this EMR worked well for us. Uh, there were definitely some challenges. We had a lot of uh, folks from Epic actually present on site uh, to help us uh, with the process. A lot of them were very helpful. Um, and it's just been a really neat process as we develop Epic because it comes to you kind of out of the box as almost like an empty slate. So there was a lot of opportunity for growth and for development and for personalization, really. And so that, that always isn't done you know, perfectly the first time. So I imagine you've had some, some rework and, and yes. trying to tweak some of the things you did at GoLive. But what has been your favorite project so far? What, what, what's charged you up and like, I'm really proud of what I did there? There's actually a lot of projects. Um, ironically, one of the, one of the first projects that I <laughs> one of the first projects that I worked on was we realized that when our patient I work on the ambulatory setting, so 
we noticed that when our patients were being roomed by our medical assistants, our rooming tab was just filled with stuff that may or may not be applicable to when that patient was being seen that day. Our medical assistants didn't really know what to what they were supposed to do when they roomed a patient. Patient came in for a foot problem and there an eye exam was actually on the rooming tab. So and we also noticed that our quality measures could use some improvement and some of those quality measures are done through the rooming process. So I was able to work closely with our operations team, our medical assistants, our supervisors in the offices, as well as of course with our analysts to help build out an intelligent rooming tab so that now when a patient is coming in based off of that patient's age, that visit type, whether or not they've had a physical that year, if they're due for those quality measures, that's what's going to be on that rooming tab. So when that patient's being roomed, that medical assistant just goes down the line and fills out everything that's in that rooming tab. So you still see patients, don't you? Yes. So so some of this was self-survival. You you wanted yes. to make <laughs> life easier for, for mm -hmm. both for yourself. Medicine's definitely become more of a team sport I mm -hmm. would say and so you've got medical assistants you've got you've got maybe there's some LPNs or RNs out there and you've got the providers how are you getting them all to to work together um, at this point you know you're well past go live and I know I have seen where the teams don't work well together and then there's providers taking vital signs because they're not trusting mm -hmm. and they're they're doing med rec again, even though their medical assistant did. What do you find, what's working for you to get those teams to work together? Uh, communication is really going to be your, your biggest thing. Um, making sure that the providers are communicating with their teams. I always recommend for our providers to work closely with their medical assistants or their nursing staff as well as their supervisors so that they can, they can know what each other are doing. The providers really should know what the workflow is for that medical assistant and that medical assistant also needs to know what that provider needs to that what they need to know to see that patient that day uh, we have a program with our family practices right now where the medical assistant and the physician or provider are working very closely together where the medical assistant actually stays in the room with the medical provider and helps with scribes and actually puts in the orders and it really helps with that communication there so I, I believe that model of having the medical assistant in the room is, is used in a, I've heard of many different institutions picking that up, that M MA scribe, medical assistant scribe model. How's that working for you? Is that, do the providers like it? Um, do the patients, are they okay with having someone else in the room? It seems somewhat awkward maybe. What, I'm just more of a traditionalist. Tell mm -hmm. me, what, what does that feel like? It really depends on the provider I've seen. Some of our providers, well actually I'll, I'll step back and say most of our providers really like this program. Um, one in particular was having to stay late every night, weekends, and now he has his life back and he is pretty much singing from the rooftops about how much he likes this program because it has made him that much more efficient. Interesting dynamic here though. It sounds like the a lot of the EMR work has shifted from the mm -hmm. provider to the medical assistant. So mm -hmm. now you're doing informatics for medical assistants mm -hmm. as well to make their life easier. Does it work for medical assistants? Just like I, I've I've worked with providers, it works great. How right. does it work with medical assistants? Well, it does kind of bring on another challenge because because we need to make sure that whatever we're training the providers, those medical assistants that are doing this program also need to be trained. We also 
need to make sure that they are very well versed in our alerts that we're pushing towards the providers. The way we have it set up in Epic is that the actual the medical assistant is the one that's signed in at first, and those medical assistant assistants don't always get the same alerts as our providers. So it's making sure that us in informatics don't forget about them and that they are being trained just as much as our providers because we value them and their experience as well. Yeah, great perspective there to understand, you know, the informatics for the whole team, yes. the team approach. So you mentioned training there for a minute. Tell me a little bit. So when you, a brand new providers walking into the door of your system, what do you think is the most important part for them to launch successfully and have a good experience? Is training what you feel is valuable? Is that where where informaticists should be putting time and effort to make sure that providers are getting off on the right foot? Or is it, hey, we'll train them on the go and, and they'll pick it up as they go along? What, what works in your mind the best? Well, of course, training is incredibly important. Um, and I think in the past, it's been traditionally trained that we'll train our providers to be able to see a patient, place an order, they, they can kind of fumble around, and then they'll learn the rest of it later. It's a fine balance between doing that and overwhelming them and to try to make them proficient in the system before they see patients. You know, ideally, our providers would know how to use Epic um, place orders, but also be able to use all the other things that Epic is able to do for them. We don't want to overwhelm them, but we also want to make sure that they know really how to use this tool that they have in front of them. We're actually looking at changing our onboarding practices or our onboarding training for our providers now and basically making it from a one-day training experience to a whole week between uh, videos to watch ahead of time, in-class training, as well as mandatory elbow-to-elbow elbow support with me um, while they start seeing their patients for the, for the first time. We're also going to incorporate a two-week follow-up with that provider so that they can get some time away from the office and, um, and have a chance to, to, answer question, to ask questions that they may have found along the way. To me, that makes a lot of sense. In other industries, onboarding orientation isn't, hey, here's four hours on the main tool that you're going to be using, mm -hmm. and good luck. Yeah. Um, maybe here's a here's a tip sheet you can follow <laughs> if you're stuck. Um, yeah, give me a call if you're having any trouble. So mm -hmm. it sounds like a more rigorous mm -hmm. program should lead to better results. Um, I'm seeing a lot of the providers that I'm training now, they're, they're coming out with epic experience through their residency training or from other hospitals if they're moving to the area and that that's helped but they still need to understand what tools we have built and it's mm -hmm. what's available so even if they've seen our emr they they don't have necessarily have seen what we have and the alerts that we have and what we're expecting them to do with these things. So I think that training is still at the elbow. It's one-on-one, -on -one, it's personal, mm -hmm. and it's ongoing. It's not just, hey, we've trained you for the first week and we're done with you. Absolutely. You're coming back and getting them again, mm -hmm. aren't you? You're doing that follow-up training yes. and continue to work with them. Yeah, and our trainers do go out to the ambulatory offices on a scheduled they're, they come to the offices based on a schedule, so they will have one-on-one -on -one time with our ambulatory providers on a regular basis. They also, we also have a, a phone line that's called the provider line that only providers can use. They can call and get direct access to a trainer or an analyst at any time. 
Fantastic. Yeah. Let's let's branch. Let's broaden out a little bit here. So more at a a macro level here. I, I see nurse practitioners and PAs getting involved with informatics and other health systems. Do you see that as being a trend that's going to continue? What's the role for at at across the country? What are you seeing in terms of involvement with associate CMIOs or mm -hmm. or, or other positions? I hope I, I you know I haven't had a chance to go to a HIMSS conference or to do much uh, networking yet. I think that the uh, advanced practice providers are definitely in an ideal setting to be able to be used for informatics in this in this way. We tend to, depending on the, the specialty that you're working in, we tend to not have a panel all the time, and that's what actually led me into this position. I was working um, as a float provider in our primary care offices, so I didn't have a panel. So that let my administration kind of let me step away from seeing patients five days a week, and now I only see patients one day a week. But it kind of gave them that opening that, yes, I can go ahead and start working on some other projects. Um, I think that there is definitely a good niche for uh, advanced practice providers, though, because we use the same EMR as the physicians. We have the same gripes. We place the orders. We order the medications. We're getting hit with the same alerts. We have the same experience. So I'm going to touch on a little bit of a, a, the third rail here. Let's, let's talk about acceptance. So are the physicians accepting the nurse practitioners and physician assistants being involved in informatics and kind of showing them, hey, this is the order set that we built for you. Do they, do they find that, wow, this is a, a helpful thing, or are they, are they resistant? What's, your, what's been your experience? I've had a very good experience so far. I haven't had any problems with this in this role at all, being a nurse practitioner. And I, I'm glad to hear that. I wouldn't think you, we, we would experience that today. They can certainly do all parts of this position. So I think it's fantastic that there are nurse practitioners getting involved. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about how you're advancing your informatics knowledge, because it's nothing that's covered, nothing I got in medical school. It's nothing you probably got as you went through nurse practitioner school. There was some nursing informatics when I went to school, actually. Well, tell me about nurse informatics and <laughs> tell me about what nurses are getting for informatics mm -hmm. versus what a nurse practitioner needs. Is, mm -hmm. it, is, it, is it the same? No. What's your education looking like? So when I went to nursing school, we did have nursing informatics class. But when I went, to, when I went back for my master's for my nurse practitioner degree, there was not a big push on nursing informatics. Granted, that was more than 10 years ago. So it may have changed now. Um, I am advancing my, I mean, there's two different ways that I'm trying to really better myself in this role because I kind of fell into this role. I asked to be helping the providers use the EMR and luckily my my boss at the time said sure so I've kind of developed this role. Um, there's two ways to really advance my my role or my knowledge and that one is to really learn my EMR so there's luckily Epic is really helpful in providing resources on how to learn how to use that EMR. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a um, certified power user. They have webinars on a regular basis that help uh, teach you different ways of doing things. I'm signed up to become a physician builder as well as I've attended one of their conferences and I'll be going again uh, shortly in a few months. 
But then there's the other side of just learning health informatics in general. Um, I've, I've already looked into going back for a, either a second master's or a certificate in health informatics. There's a lot of really good programs out there. Unfortunately, where I am in my family life, or fortunately or unfortunately, where I am in my family life, I, I don't have time to do that at this time. But I've, I'm going to be taking a class now on intro to data analytics through HIMSS. Uh, joining HIMSS has been helpful. They've, they actually produce a lot of really good articles. Yes. Um, I've been really enjoying reading those articles. But I will say it is interesting being a nurse practitioner in this role because I kind of fall into a gray area. You know, I'm a nurse by trade, and um, but I don't fall into nursing informatics. Nursing informatics tends to be more um, at the bedside and really based from um, a nursing perspective, and which is fabulous. I just personally have not um, worked in that role for a, quite a while, and I really identify more with the provider role, particularly in the ambulatory setting. So I'm placing orders ordering meds, ordering tests, interpreting labs, doing that sort of functionality. So when um, looking at furthering my career, it is a little bit, there is a little bit of a, a gray area there. I'd like to get my DNP or my doctorate in nurse practitioner with hopefully a focus in healthcare informatics. So it sounds like you had some on-the-job training. You know, mm -hmm. you, you kind of fell into this role, which is not unusual. Lots of people in informatics kind of just jump on in there, and, and um, th those who complain about the EMR tend to be the ones who <laughs> say, hey, well, go fix it then. Mm -hmm. um, so you're, you're starting off. You're rel relatively new on your first week, let's say, in your informatics role. What made you nervous? What made you worry, you know, do, can I do this? What was the toughest part? Um, it's being sure that my decisions are the right ones. You know, I, I don't want to break epic. Right. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes people will, will come to me and expect, a, expect an answer, and I don't always have that answer. Fortunately, I have great mentors on the job. Uh, the, the, you know, this, I work with some of the medical directors. I've put together a working group of ambulatory providers um, of an informatics group so that I can bounce things off of them as well as our uh, CMIO as well. So... What's your relationship like with the analysts and how often do you interact with them versus interacting with providers? That's actually a really great question because I technically work for our ambulatory group, but I tend to actually work in with our analysts. So I could have a nice office in a different building. I've been asked several times to actually move my office over to a different building where actually where... Um, the medical group is, I prefer to actually work right with the analysts. I'm right there in a little cubicle just like they are because I want to, them to be able to come to me and talk to me about anything that's coming up. It's incredibly, incredibly important to have good working relationship with your analysts. And I happen to have fabulous people that I work with that makes it makes the job that much better. So do they do they come up to you during the day? I mean, what's All a day? the time. So, that's, so yes. it is a open door, open yes. cubicle. open cubicle policy. policy. Yes, there is no door. And what about the other way? Do you go and knock on, oh, knock the on their cubicle and say, hey? All uh, the time, okay. yes. There's always conversation. We have weekly meetings um, where we just share information, who's working on what. Um, it's 
it's imperative to have a good working relationship with, with your analysts, as well as the directors of the different areas that you work with. That's another challenge, is actually really getting to know who does what in different departments. Right. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit, you mentioned you've you're got a, a group of providers getting together. You're starting, sounds like a little governance mm -hmm. work around changes that would be made in the EMR. You have a group to bounce things off of. How's that going? Are the providers engaging? How important is that group? Oh, I think the group is very important. Um, the providers are engaging. Uh, they there there are certain providers that are always reaching out to me, asking for you know asking questions, making suggestions, and of course that's who I put on the group. There's another theory that you should put in the group. Um, you know the curmudgeons or the people that are not quite as yep. happy. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't quite go that route yet, although I'm certainly happy to have them join the group as well. Um, but I want that group to be a place where I can go to bounce questions off of them. You know, one of the things that came up recently was the auto-release of, of test results. Right now we're releasing test results to patients as soon as they are ready, whether it's a lab or an image, except for a pathology. And that's led to a few issues. So we talked it over with the ambulatory providers of what do they see as best practice for our uh, our hospital and our policy. And so I also want to, but the, it's a, the door swings both ways in that I want them to have a place where their voice is heard and that they know if they're telling me information, that that information will be taken up to the higher committees. Great. So Marion, let's, let's wrap this up. Let's get you out of here with one final question. So some of our listeners are going to be either new to informatics or just thinking about it. What advice do you have? How do they get involved? What would you tell someone who's brand new looking up to you saying, how did you do it? Uh, find a mentor. Find a mentor in the area that you are working in. So luckily, I have a great CMIO who is very helpful to me and I can bounce questions off of. Um, and also just generally... Um, if things come up when there there can be issues that come up that can feel like they're emergencies but taking a step back and trying to slow it down and realize that okay we can fix this um, and, and knowing who you can go to, to to fix issues and knowing who you can go to to ask uh, questions and be kind to everybody. <laughs> Good advice I think uh, more than just for informatics just in general in life. Um, thank you for for coming on the show. Um, this if people want to reach out to you through LinkedIn I think that you're yes, on LinkedIn. I All am. right perfect. Mm -hmm. um, hey thanks for, for coming and uh, we'll hopefully have you back on the show again soon. All right thanks Mark. And that's our show for today. Thank you for listening to CMIO Podcast. I've been your host Mark Weissman, and you can reach out to me on LinkedIn or email me at cmiopodcast.com. That's all one word. Send me your ideas for shows, guests you'd like to hear from, general feedback, or just to connect. Look forward to bringing you our next episode. Until next time. <laughs>